Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural. No pesticides. No artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, tell what we're going to do to begin the festivities. Let's give away a $25 gift certificate from the good folks... Sorgles out in Wexford. Uh, the number is 412-922-1020. 412-922-1020. Doug and Jess ready to get rolling. Of course, Davey Trees, Talking Trees, 30 minutes away. So let's get to Doug and Jess right now on this week's edition of The Organic Gardeners. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I'm Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and EverybodyGardens.com. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. Happy Earth Day. Hooray. Every day is Earth Day when oh, you're an organic right. gardener. Oh, that's right. I forgot. But happy Earth Day anyway. Are you going to go plant some trees or something? Well, you know, I posted something online about Earth Day, and a classmate of mine uh, remembers the first Earth Day that we had in fifth grade, and I can't remember Back this. Back in the 1800s? <laughs> 1970. <laughs> he remembers that on the side of the school that they had like a burial sem- uh, ceremony okay. uh, burying fresh air, <laughs> fresh water, and fresh land with three gra- graves for the first Earth Day, and I don't recall that, but I thought that was kind of interesting. You know. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, very dramatic for fifth grade. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. You know, we don't. Re- you know, I used to think of Earth Day as being a big deal, but you kind of barely don't even hear about it anymore. Yeah, usually, pe- you know, like a, a eco organizations and things will have tree plantings or river cleanups or something like that. But yeah, you're right; it doesn't make the news as much as it should. But we like to think every day is Earth Day, and when we garden, especially. Well, join me today at the South Hills Home Show, 2 o'clock. It's down in Bethel Park at the Cool Springs Sports Complex this year. We're talking spring gardening, and I got lots of great free seed collections, courtesy of John Sheeper's Garden Seeds. That's today at 2 p.m., South Hills Home Show. And what were you saying before we came on about a reader? You had a comment. Yeah, I got a letter in the mail uh, through the Trib from a gentleman named Ed in Seven Fields, and it includes a picture. And it's a great story about uh, he heard us talking about moles and uh, different signs of spring and how the moles make those little mounds of soil in the yard. And he doesn't really do anything about them, just like I do. I just sort of smooth those mounds over and throw in a little bit of grass seed, and that's that. Well, he told me the story of how in August he was smoothing one of those mounds, and here he found an Indian arrowhead. Wow. So the mole... She's got a picture of it. Yeah, the mole had brought up an Indian arrowhead, and he sent it to the editor of Indian Artifact Magazine magazine and it was identified as one from the archaic age which makes it at least 4000 years old wow so now he's waiting and wondering to see what the moles bring up next what they unearth isn't that cool you got to post that on your facebook i'm going to put it up there i'll put the picture up there and i thought it was such a great story and i wanted it to share uh to share it and this is in seven fields 
Man, so, that's so cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? 4,000 years old, and there a little old mole dug it up and excavated it. You never know what you're going to find in the garden. Boy, that's good. It would be good to, I wonder, I wonder what, who was living there back then? What and, tribes? Yeah, yeah and, I don't and, know. Oh, that's really interesting. Know, would it be and the what's Seneca? That made out of? Would it be the Seneca? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know. It's a really interesting dark stone, and it's a pretty cool picture. So I'm going to paste it, post it on my Facebook page with the story, so that you all can see uh, what it looks, what a four thousand year old arrowhead looks like. I've never found an arrowhead of you. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to find them sometimes around the field edges when we would go uh, up to the mountain and we would go walk around the farmer's fields because when they would plow, they would bring them up. And, you know, of course, when you're a kid, everything that has that faint triangular shape, you're like, it's an arrowhead, right. you know, but you can tell when they are, when they're chipped away. and Right next to like a three-leaf that. clover. Right. <laughs> how unusual. Oh, right? man, I'm, I'm telling you, how about the daffodils? What a, I know it's been a tough spring, but what a spring for daffodils. It has oh. been absolutely great. Mine look fantastic this year. I went to see our friend Brent he- Brent Heath from Brent and Becky's Bulbs speak, uh, and I took I took him daffodils. I thought it'd be kind of fun, and I've got a bunch of old varieties. The house was from '39, and a bunch of new ones too. And I gave him this handful of got to be fifty different flowers, and he was able to name all of them except one, just wow. by looking at Even them. The really old varieties. Yeah, that's, just, those are the ones wow. he was best at, actually. I'm actually I'm going down to Washington County tomorrow. I'm going to do a story on a guy who grows thousands of heirloom daffodils, mm. and I can't wait to tell that. I bet that's going to be some beautiful oh, pictures. Oh man, yeah. Uh, when I talked to him last week, he says by the time you get here, it should be everything should be in the peak. Wow. Oh man. Well, this is why we plant bulbs in the fall. You know, uh, you know. I'm always saying, well, it's not instant gratification, but boy, this is the payoff. And, and I know daffodils aren't around long, but Man. I tell you, after a winter like the one They're we had so this year, yeah, they were needed for sure. And just the, uh, the fragrance of all the different ones, the different colors, uh, you know, uh, I love that they're, you know, little ones with some pink in them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just absolutely wonderful. And then I'm so excited that you ID'd that one plant for me, Pushkinia, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm saying that right. Yep. Because I put it on my Facebook page and people have just been stopping me here and there saying, where did you get it? And I said, I can't remember. Because I went back and looked online to see the different places that I had ordered from at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Neither one carry it. Hmm. So I might have found it at Han Nursery. I was going to say, I wonder been... if it was one of those ones you got from there. So now I've got a new obsession. Oh, you're going to start a Pushkinia uh-huh, collection? Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. There's <laughs> uh, worse things you could collect. All right, listen, congratulations to Scott from uh, Scott Township. He won, like I said, Amy from Scott Township, the winner. Hey, folks, it's a living. Yeah, it's uh, early in the morning, too. <laughs> early. This is lunchtime. I've been up since one thirty. All right, listen, congratulations to Amy from Scott Township, winner of that great gift certificate from Sorgles. We've got the one from Janoski to give away in about 15, 20 minutes from now. And also the folks from Davy Trees will be stopping by as well. But if you want to talk to Doug and Jess, I highly urge you to call now to get one of these phone lines while they're available. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, let's get right to the phones for Doug and Jess. Here is Dave from Sarver. Good morning, Dave. Welcome to KDK Radio. Hey, good morning. Got a quick question. I have a bunch of daffodils that are just beautiful. They're just rogue daffodils that... Uh, we kind of forget about every year, and they just come up, and this year, you're right, they're just as spectacular as ever. But I just wondered, do you need to lift daffodil bulbs every year, or can you just put them in and forget about them? 
Forget about them. Oh, that's Forget about that's it. That's what's great about daffodils. Yep. Just leave them do their thing. They'll naturalize. The clump will get bigger and bigger every year. You'll have more blooms. Just let them do their thing. Make sure, though, that you don't cut off that foliage before it's at least 50% yellowed. If you cut the foliage off too soon, it won't return um, sugars down to the bulb to feed the bulb for next year's bloom. So just leave the leaves die back naturally if you can. Very good. Okay. okay. Great only- show, guys. Thank you. Thank well, you. The only time we ever lift them is when they get too crowded and they don't do their thing. And I did that about, gosh, five, six years ago on, on some that were just like, were barely blooming. Mm-hmm. And now they are just like going crazy. And they're a real old variety. One of my favorites, just a kind of a simple yellowish green flower. Nice. All right. Nice. Let's say hi to Brad and Clary. And Brad, good morning. Welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning, people. Uh, I've got a money plant in here. I, it's about 11 years old now. And uh, it's starting to thin out. Uh, don't have so many leaves on it as it did when it was in its prime. I was just wondering how long that's going to last. Okay, let's b- figure out for sure what type of plant you're talking about. So you said money plant, which is a common name for a couple of different plants. Is this a house plant? Yes. Okay, and it has round leaves on a long, thin leaf stalk? Yeah, right. Okay, and um, you said it's getting the too thin, so there's the leaves are pretty sparse on there? Yeah, I was wondering, you know, is it on its way out, or how long, how long will that last? Yeah, I mean, it, it should last forever. I mean, that should be a house. But have you ever repotted it into Yes, pots? we did. Okay. It, it was in a small, it was small when we got it. Uh, we had our 50th wedding anniversary, and somebody got it for us for her gift. Oh, nice. And uh, it was in a smaller plant, and as it grew, I knew it was outgrowing the pot it was in, so I, it's on about a 12 by 12 inches high and about a 12 inches round pot right now. Okay. Seemed to have big enough room, if, you know. If it yeah. was me, I would feed it. I would give it. You a would little, what? I would feed it. Give it a little bit of organic for, uh, liquid fertilizer. You don't have to go crazy on it because they don't need much, but just a little bit. I don't think I want to put cow manure on it in the house, do I? No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Definitely not cow manure. But there are some liquid organic houseplant fertilizers. Horse manure. Yeah, there you go. That would work quite well. Actually, for you, Brad, bear manure. There. (laughs) And now that it is coming onto their prime growth season, so right now is a period of active growth for them. Start now that the days are getting longer. This is this is an excellent time for all houseplants to start a fertilization program, um, and and really to generate some new growth. And I do think that that's really going to help quite a bit. I thought about putting it outside, but I don't know if that'd work or not. You I didn't know how it survive or not. Yeah, you certainly can, but I wouldn't do that until well after the danger of frost has passed. So usually around mm-hmm. the end of May, um, I would not put it into full blasting sun. I'd put it somewhere where it's, you know, at, at least shade in the afternoon, if not shade all day. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the trouble with that, as always, when you take houseplants inside is in the fall when you have to bring them inside, I always get worried that you're bringing in pests because sometimes oh, yeah. that does happen. So if it's happy where it is inside, of the house and you have nice dark leaves even if they are sparse i think you might just want to let it go and start the fertilization program i love this weather it's uh, everything's coming out it, you know flowers are coming daffodils uh, the daffodils are uh, got snow on them last week last monday i guess it was we had a snowfall about a half, an inch and a half and my i was, I was wondering if everything's going to survive 
looked down at my neighbor's house, and I thought I was living in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your call, Brad. Thanks so Always much, Always good Brad. to hear from you. All right, let's talk to Dorian and McKee's Rocks. Welcome to KDK Radio. Hey, Dorian. You have spearmint seeds. Say it again. Spearmint. I need to grow spearmint. I make sun tea on my boat. I need spearmint leaves. Can I get seeds to grow spearmint? Yeah, and actually it's much better to grow from a plant than it is to grow from seed because it will take a while to get going from um, from a, a seed. But if you can buy a plant at a local nursery. Which you could find anywhere. Yeah, I'd grow it in a pot, though, instead of putting it in the ground because it is really an aggressive plant and it will take over the whole garden in short order. So grow it in a nice big pot or a raised bed. I've got mint that was... There when I got there, mm-hmm. and I put a pool on top of it, <laughs> and I still have mint that's there when I got there. And you should tell people that it's a big above-ground pool. It's not yeah. a little baby pool right. on top of it. I mean, it's a big pool, and that mint keeps coming up. Yeah, <laughs> very aggressive. Be careful. You can have sun tea forever. Yes. <laughs> All right, Jim in Moon Township, KDK Radio. Good morning, Jim. Hello. Talked to you earlier in the year, maybe last year, regarding a fig tree that I have. I still haven't transplanted it yet. It's in a big pot that sort of cones down. Lots of roots coming. I know there's a bunch of roots down there. I had it in the house all year, leaving like crazy. I did a nice cut back on it, and I want to I want to break it up. And I'm probably going to lose the pot to take it out because I'm sure there's a ton of roots. And I got this good friend's getting a big birthday this Wednesday, and I want to give her some of it. I just don't want to put it in the ground. I want to put it in another barrel. So you have some suggestions. I don't want to lose it. I want to know how to break it up and and uh, transplant it in maybe a couple other pots. I don't know that I you usually can't divide a fig tree like that um, unless it is a multi-stemmed shrub. Yeah, do you have a lot of stems coming out of there? I, I certainly do. Okay. So it, uh, if if you can get it such that each stem, when you go down and dig down into the soil, that, that, that a stem has a root portion coming off of it, if it has a root system coming off of it, you can physically just cut it off of the mother okay. plant and pot it up. It's pretty unusual for it, that to happen, though, because usually even if you follow those branches down, it does all kind of conjoin onto one trunk. Um, way mm-hmm. down at the base of the plant. So you're just going to have to investigate and get down in there and see if each single stem has a separate root system on it. You know, I still, my my fig tree, I haven't unwrapped yet, Jess. And mine either, yeah. I think it's no, time. I brought mine outside, and I just want to, I don't want to lose it, but I know I'm going to lose the pot, I'm sure. I don't want to take the whole plant out and just break it up and see if I can comfortably split it up. Yeah, I mean, the other option is you can take cuttings of it. I mean, fig shoots are actually really easy to get to root. If you just go to a a local garden center and get a little container of rooting hormone and cut off a shoot, put some rooting hormone on the base and insert it into a pot of soil and make sure that it stays well watered, figs are pretty easy to get to root that way. That might be a better way. When would you put that fig in the ground? The big one or his? His? Because I I know that you want to give this. If it's already in leaf, it's too early to put it in the ground outside. All right, because I think I, I'm I know I know you want to give that present to your friend here soon, but I, I think if it'd be better to split it up and put it in the ground at planting time, <coughs> as opposed to to doing it now because he's going to be getting it out of that pot and everything. If you're going to, I would if it was me, I, I would I would wait. Maybe give her a certificate for your upcoming fig when you do the planting. 
All right. Thank you for the call. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Lots more to come, including Talking Trees with Davy Trees when we continue on The Organic Gardeners on KDK Radio. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. And now it's time for Talking Trees, a service of the Davy Tree Expert Company. All right, before we get to Talking Trees, I want to remind everyone that you can join the program at 866-391-1020, dollar bank instant access, kdkradio.com. And you can text us on the right automotive line, the best deal in town. Right now, the 10th caller at 412-922-1020 wins a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's. We are talking trees. We've got Matt Fromm from Davy Tree with us today. And the first thing we're going to talk about is Arbor Day. Time to plant trees. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, you know, we were talking off the air, and uh, you said that one of the most common questions is, uh, what kind of tree can I grow that's not going to get big, uh, that doesn't drop leaves, that <laughs> doesn't have fruits? <laughs> right. Yeah, people always have lots of different uh, requirements for planting trees. Um, one, of the, one of the biggest questions I get is, can I plant a tree that doesn't get big? And uh, dwarf sergeant crab apple is one of the ones I recommend. It's a, a nice flowering tree. gets white flowers early in the spring, but it only gets to be a mature height of six to eight feet tall, uh, which can be, you know, you can integrate that into your landscape in a variety of different ways. You know, do you ever see trees planted in containers? Is that something that people can do? That's to be more of a, a like a, a big commercial property, right, for something like that? Yeah, you, you can plant trees in containers, uh, but the... The B and B or the the burlap trees are are much nicer to plant. Uh, containerized trees usually have restricted roots from the container, so uh, we do see that. But we try to plant uh, B and B trees if we can. Well, Arbor Day has to be a big deal for somebody that deals with trees every day, right? It is. Uh, you know, we are uh, going to be in attendance at the uh, Garden and Landscape Symposium of Western PA. It's actually the day after Arbor Day, April twenty eighth. Uh, so there'll be some arborists on hand for that. Uh, Davy Tree is a company that tries to promote uh, Arbor Day by, uh, you know, just encouraging people to plant trees and, and get outside and experience trees in your favorite park or natural area. So uh, oftentimes we're, we think about planting trees in the fall, but spring is also a good time to plant trees. Take us through just the basics of getting a tree in the ground so that we uh, do it the right way and make sure that it's planted so that it's going to thrive for a long time. Well, the, the first thing you want to do is pick the right tree for your planting location. So you want to decide where you want to plant a tree and evaluate the soil there, uh, evaluate the sunlight there. Uh, is it a shady spot? Is it exposed sun? And pick the right tree species for that spot. So for you, like if you're going to take a look at the soil, what are we doing there? Are we just getting in there and kind of digging and seeing if it's clay or if it's nice or... Basically, yeah, you want to see how compact is the soil. Do you need to do any amendments? Uh, sometimes you might need to add some organic matter to the soil if it's excessively compact or, or a clay soil. Um, you want to evaluate the drainage to see how wet is the soil. Uh, is it, you know, is it a sandy soil versus clay, like you mentioned? And then the actual planting process. So when we do go out and plant, um, I know that that's really different for a containerized tree than it is for one that's bald and burlap. And so the question that I always get continually with the burlap one is, 
do I remove the metal cage? Do I remove the burlap? How, you know, do I move all the twine? What do I, so talk about that process a little yes, bit. That's, that's very important and, and often overlooked. People uh, assume they can just plant the tree with the burlap on the, on the root ball, but you really do need to remove it. Mm -hmm. uh, so most trees come tied up. You want to take the twine off. Uh, cut the basket if there is a basket mm -hmm. and remove the burlap. Sometimes it's not feasible if it's a really big tree to do it efficiently. So you just want to take it off maybe the top third of the tree uh, because that will restrict the roots over time. You don't want to have anything impeding the progress of, of root growth. And that actually comes off once the tree is in the hole, right? So you don't actually take that burlap off until the tree root ball is in the hole because otherwise that root ball kind of falls apart, right? Correct. It, it's easier to do it when it's in the hole, especially with bigger trees. Yeah. A smaller tree, you might be able to do it out, you know, before you put it in the ground. But bigger trees, is much more difficult. So as far as how deep that tree is going to be planted, we know how important that is. How do you do that before you get it into the hole? Uh, the easiest way is just to, you, if you, just, you can just use the handle of your shovel to estimate the depth of the root ball. Mm -hmm. uh, find the root collar uh, of the tree. Which is where it flares out, where, where the flares trunk flares out. out. Okay. Correct. And uh, and just get an estimate of that and then, you know, start digging your hole and just keep taking a few measurements to make sure you don't dig it too deep because you can you can always dig it deeper. Uh, but once once you dig it down too deep, then you got to start putting fill in there and things to level it out. And that's not a good and important not to go too deep. Right. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Tree tree roots need oxygen to survive. And uh, oftentimes that's that's one of the most common problems we see is people plant the tree too deep mm -hmm. um, and. You know, the tree roots were, are going to grow within that first 12 inches of soil. So if you plant them too deeply, they can't get the oxygen that they need to, to thrive. Now, it, I was going to ask you, too, because we're talking about the planting process, right? So is it do you fertilize at planting time or do you wait a year? And if you do fertilize, what do you do? Do you do something that really promotes root growth instead of top growth? When does that all happen? Uh, you, you can fertilize at time of planting. Uh, it's not 100% necessary, mm -hmm. uh, but you should follow it up. Um, once the tree is established, you should probably follow up with a, with a fertilization. So if you plant the tree in the spring, you want to follow that up with a fall fertilization. Or if you plant in fall, you want to follow it up with a spring fertilization. And how about staking? When you plant it, are you supposed to stake it so it stands up or will it stand up on its own? Uh, you can stake trees. We, uh, I try to avoid that as much as I can because a, a tree that is, uh, grows on its own without a stake uh, will be much more resilient to wind and things like that in the long run. Uh, but sometimes it is necessary depending on the soil and depending on the, you know, the condition of the root ball. Sometimes you get a root ball that's not real solid. Okay. It, it might, the tree might move a little bit. And you want to make sure that it stays upright. Well, Matt, thanks so much for coming in. You're going to stick around, though. We might have some tree questions for you. We're going to try and stump you. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees. That was horrible. Stump tree. <laughs> I didn't even know I did that. Listen, that actually made me wake up. <laughs> well, I've, I've done my job yes, once again. Have. Yes, you have. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to www.davy.com slash kdka. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. All right, Doug, Doug, Jess coming back. And Matt's going to hang out a little bit long in case we have any tree questions. They're worth this every other week. The good folks at Davy Tree. Find out more at DavyTree.com or Davy.com. Facebook, Twitter, they're everywhere. Now, listen, 866-391-1020. Uh, Got a couple of open phone lines for you if you want to call in. You can text us at the Right Automotive line or reach me at Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDKRadio.com. Good morning. Hey.
Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. All right, uh, next hour, Coons Cooking Hour, Heifer and Tillets and Germani and You, then the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. But right now, it is the Organic Gardens with Doug and Jess. And from the Right Automotive text line, is it a good time now to trim my burning bush? What do you think? You can trim burning anytime's, bush anytime. <laughs> anytime's a good time for burning bush. Yeah, you have, it's one of those things that uh, is near impossible to kill. And you can actually, it's a, it's getting a little bit late. I prefer to do it when the tree is in, in total dormancy. Uh, and you can cut them back pretty hard. You know, typically with shrubs, we'll say, you know, no more than a third of the growth at any one time. But with burning bush. Just light it on fire. You can, yeah, there you can really have a burning bush. No, you, I mean, you can cut it back really hard and it will be just fine. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. All right, a couple of dollar bank instant access messages. Messages that have been waiting in the wings before we get back to the phone calls on the Organic Gardeners. Uh, what was the name of the tree that only grows six to eight feet? Just mentioned. Also, it is a corn gluten that you uh, use on your lawn to help with weeds. So, Matt, what was that tree? Tell us a little bit more about that tree. Uh, it's called Dwarf Sergeant Crab Apple. A Sergeant Crab Apple. Dwarf, yes. dwarf Sergeant Crab Apple. And what, okay. what color are the flowers? They're white. Nice. Uh, white flowers, early spring. So, right now, they would, you know, be just getting ready to. But what do we do if it puts fruit on? Uh, <laughs> you admire it in the winter. That's right, and enjoy that you're feeding the birds, right? It's exactly. a, they're a great food yes. source for the birds. Yes, and the other question was corn gluten meal. Uh, and yes, now is the time. The forsythia are blooming. The soil temperature is getting to be uh, just about ready for the uh, crabgrass to germinate. So now is the time to put that down as a weed preventative. It will not get rid of existing weeds. So it's not going to get rid of the dandelions that are already in your lawn or your flower beds, but it will um, prevent any new weed seeds from germinating. Oh, great organic control. All right, this must be for you, Doug. Where did the birdbath come from your video? Okay, that uh, is from a local woman, and all I have for her is her first name, which I can't remember off the top of my head, <laughs> and her email, which is in the video. If you watch the video at everybodygardens.com, there's this... So I was up at Glade Run. I was like, this has got to be a bigger story than what okay, you're saying right now. I, I, had a, I was first at Bedner's in Bridgeville. Then I had to go up to Zealy and Opal to speak at Glade Run Lutheran Services. You know, we love them up there. Mm-hmm. Jess and I both do. And as soon as I came running in, you know, I was starving. And so one of the women, here, we'll get you. Okay, I get something to eat. And I'm sitting there and I look across the way from me. And it's, it's a friend of mine uh, that I just, I know her face from the uh, Southern Butler Garden Club. And she has these, like, handmade bird baths, like, made out of, like, crystal vases and stuff, like, stacked on top of each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yep, yep. Um, and they were just, there was one that was just, like, so beautiful, and it was only 40 bucks. And I was like, are you serious? Is that right? $40? And I was thinking, well, what, you know, because, of course, I was going fishing next. And I was like, well, where am I going to put it in my truck, you know, because it's glass and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, started th- I just, I had to have it. And I got it home, and Cindy was just like, Man, that that thing is awesome. That is beautiful. And so I put it in the video, and uh, now I can't remember anything about it except that you watch the video, and you'll see there's a little email address that comes up on that video that'll tell you how to get a hold of her, and and you'll be able to find her locally to find some of those cool handcrafted bird baths. I love it. I just love it. All right, Faye, 84, Pennsylvania. Good morning. Welcome to the Organic Gardeners. You're on KDK Radio. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. And this might be for all three of you, Matt included. I have a 52-year-old rubber tree plant that I bring in in the in the uh, winter with a dolly. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a real um, effort to bring it in and to take it back out. 
I watered it the other day, and oh my God, the ants. Red ants, little red oh. ants. What do I do? Oh, well, welcome to the rubber tree plant club because I have a beautiful red rubber tree plant that mine's about six feet tall, and I absolutely love it. I, I'm like you. I haul it in, but I leave it in the garage for the winter, and then I haul it back out in the spring, and I do it every year, and it's it's yep. a great plant. I love it. So well, wait, I do, first, too, and it's 52 years old. That's I don't want to get rid of it. Right. No, 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 and you so don't have to. So it goes into to. a cold garage and just kind of goes into dormancy? Yeah, but it's just in a leaf. I mean, it just wow. we have one little uh, window on the side of the garage, and then the three little windows in the garage door itself, and it just gets just enough light. I do not water it the entire mm. winter long. Every All my succulents in the garage all winter. Never water, never water my banana trees. Just sit in there, right? So uh-huh. you need to repot that. And here's what I would oh, say. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't sound I know. like fun. I know. It doesn't sound like fun. But, I mean, the other option, uh, uh, so I'm thinking here. Because what should I call Matt? <laughs> well, he he was he kind of looked at me like, oh, a rubber tree plant. That's sort of an indoor yeah. tropical house plant versus an outdoor plant like the arborists oh, this usually is a tree. Deal with. This is not a plant. Yeah, like yours. No, I know, but it's a tropical one. So it's you know yep. there are some um, ant baits that you could use that you could try putting in there uh, that would like a borax based bait that would help control those ants. Uh, and that might work. Um, see, I hesitate yeah. to tell you to do something like a like a uh, insecticidal soap drench because I'm not. I don't know how rubber tree plants will respond to that, and I don't right. want you to kill it. Right. So. Oh no! And it right. seems like it's in the dirt. Yeah, I'm sure they probably have a nest in there or a colony in oh. there. So I would say maybe I, try the borax bait. How does that work? It's just you buy it as a ant bait a safe ant bait well i actually you can buy it it in like those little cartridges right Mm -hmm. that you set out i actually make my own which we usually don't tell but for the ants that come into my house i mix um i mix borax one third one um one i'm trying to remember here it is one part borax two parts sugar and then I put enough warm water in there to make it like a paste. But we have to make sure that nothing else can get to that, you right? You cannot let your cats, your dog, your kids, anybody else near it because so how it's do you, very dangerous. How do you, how do you And what do I that? do then is I put it out in a little container and then I put it underneath um, uh, like a like a, a Pyrex dish or something like that so nothing else okay. can get to it. But that's something okay. you could try. I mean, normally I don't like recommend household stuff like that for, for indoor ants. That does work as long as you do it safely. You know, we should actually have a tree expert on to talk about that question. <laughs> yeah, but he looked at you didn't even you didn't know that before. You didn't hear when she was asking the question, he looked at me <laughs> like, like Ooh, I don't know much about rubber yeah. tree plants because it's not a plant that can grow outside here. It is a tropical plant traditionally considered a house plant. Matt, yeah. you can talk. You know, we love Davy Tree, so have, go ahead. We're, I have no experience with rubber trees Right, see, and he gave all. me the well, look. I knew it from his look, to Rob Pratt. to go back to tree school. Even, Rob Pratt. Even, though, it was, even though it's his first day on the radio, these two were able to connect. We were. He looked at me and he goes, uh, hey, that's, how, listen, that's how good this show I, is, I, Rob. I, I, because I have control of the microphone, so I want to spend one minute talking about what you did yesterday because I have a lot of respect for those Harmonites and their ancestry, and it carries on at the Old Economy Village. We had a lot of fun at Old Economy Village yesterday at their spring garden workshop, and I taught container gardening. Uh, I made my ultimate garlic lover soup, Jess, and I am telling you... Is uh, that what that smell is? Yeah, Stephanie came home for a visit. My daughter Stephanie came home, and as soon as she opened the door, she started kind of like... 
I guess the same thing that would happen like if you walked into like tear gas. She was like coughing and like, <laughs> what is going on in here? And then when I got it going in the barn, pe- people were outside the barn, outside a huge barn, and they could smell it. So, But you know what? There was nothing left at the end. So we had a lot of fun and, and helping support Old Economy Village. Go see your Old Economy Village, man. The cool gardens. Uh, Dean Sylvester is the historic horticulturalist there. And, and because of the good folks, and I've talked about them from the Allegheny Health Network a, a lot. Uh, I've known many of them for a quarter of a century. The Cool Springs uh, Sports Complex is incredible. Andy was there yesterday. You're both going to be back there later today. That's right. I'll be there today, 2 o'clock, for the South Hills Home Show, giving away lots of seeds. Talking gardening It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to it. Always love doing the South Hills Home Show. Remember... The organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.